Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! We oftentimes play a game here on Nuanas Now called the Blind Side, which we will play again today. This is just the blind show, though. I've been running around all crazy doing all sorts of stuff. I didn't even make an outline. Andrew's like, where's the outline? I'm like, oh, I didn't even make one. But we at least know what we got coming up on the show, which is a bunch of fun sports talk uh, here on Nuanas Now, plus a bunch of fun guests. We'll... uh, We'll roll with a little Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, Big Sky Blind side here to get things started off. Uh, Andrew and I will give you some of the, uh, well, I guess we don't know what we're going to give you, but conversation certainly about the uh, rivalry doubleheader that occurs in Missoula on Saturday. Uh, women's game between Montana and Montana State, 2 p.m. And the uh, the men's game will get rolling at uh, 7 p.m. Also, uh, we'll hear from Carmen G. Feller of the Lady Grizz. Uh, she'll join us, uh, one of our favorite gals to talk to. Uh, a nice, Such a nice gal. Such, such a uh, polite and uh, genuine person. I'm going to miss having her around just because she's just always so sweet and pleasant and cheerful. I love cheerful people. Uh, we're also going to hear from Carol. She doesn't know sports. Speaking of someone that's cheerful that also tries to get us canceled every week, she tries her best this week again, and uh, that'll be at the top of the hour. And then tonight, down at Dahlberg Arena, because the Grizz and the Cats are off on Thursday... The Big Sky schedule is always Thursdays and Saturday nights, but then leading up to the rivalry games, Grizz and Cats get Thursday night off. Sometimes they have to make up with that with an extra Monday game. They've already done that, though. So no more Monday games until the last day of the regular season in the Big Sky. So there's a full slate of Big Sky conference games tonight, none of which involve the Montana schools, which means Dahlberg Arena is open 
What does that mean? The battle for the Golden Goat. So we'll have some action tonight between Hellgate and Sentinel, a doubleheader for boys and girls basketball. And also, some would say, including the students would say, the more important competition for Gertie the Goats. This is a spirit squad competition that's put on by our great friends at ABC Fox Montana. And the students from both the high schools will be there in full force. They'll have chants and cheers and spirit competitions. They'll have, you know, performances and all sorts of different things intermittently from the basketball. There's going to be a whole bunch of people there, and it should be a great night. So uh, we will get you set up for that one. Easton Sant, stud point guard for the Hellgate Knights, will join us. Uh, to talk about the actual game. And then uh, these guys, Jeff Safford, Dana Houghton, will take you home. Uh, just some stuff that they'll be watching. We're, we're unleashing the Safford on the uh, the high school ranks. So uh, it should be fun. Jeff's done a great job uh, covering Grizz Hockey for us. But now Grizz Hockey season is over. So Jeff's like, well, maybe I should start going to some high school games. I said, man, I'd love that. Go for it. Let's do it. So he's going to be going down tonight. And uh, so he'll be letting you know what he has his eye on in this one. And then we'll uh, get some feedback from what he sees during tomorrow's show as well. So there you go. Uh, that is your show outlook here uh, on Nuanas Now. You want to stream us? You always can. 1029ESPN.com. You can also always use the ESPN MT app. And uh, if you're watching on TV, you already know. It's uh, SWX Montana Television. If you're listening on the radio, you already know. It's 1029ESPN uh, Missoula. Caitlin Clark update. We gave you a sort of the uh, lead up to this, but the Iowa All-American, she scored 26 against Penn State last Thursday to bring her within 38 points of the all-time record for Division I women's basketball. She then went and scored 31 on Saturday, so now she needs eight more points to break Kelsey Plum's uh, Division I women's basketball scoring record. The Hawkeyes play tonight. Uh, against Michigan, it's it's in uh, it's in Ames, so uh, a home game for the uh, Hawkeyes. Michigan's okay. Nebraska's probably a little better than. Uh, is it not in Ames? <laughs> uh, uh, Ames is Iowa State. God. Iowa City is Iowa. We See, were figuring it out back here too. Here's, here's the Freudian slip for you. That's like a double Freudian slip. I meant to tell you this and make fun of you for this because when you were writing about Maggie Espin Miller McGraw, you had her as a former Hawkeye instead of a former Cyclone. I changed it uh, in your uh, in your story. So that was me thinking about it and then completely reverse psychology myself into saying the wrong town for Iowa and Iowa State. Look, man, Iowa is like one of the <laughs> few states in the union that I have actually never set foot in. Like, I oh, just wow. don't know anything about Iowa barely at all. Okay. Uh, we'll start with this blind side then here on uh, Nuanas Now. I'm going to ask myself the question and answer it before then I ask you the question to give you a little time to think. The single most surprisingly cool place I've ever been in my life is Des Moines, Iowa. When I went there, I did had no, no expectation. I did not think it was going to be cool at all. And it is very cool. The Des Moines, Iowa has, first of all, hosted the World's Fair more times than any other city, period, which I think just exclusively has to do with its central location in the middle of Iowa. But I was very surprised with the infrastructure, how clean and modern the city was. There was all sorts of stuff. Like, it's very cultured. Uh, I thought it was great. I was out there for a football game when Montana State played Drake. This was back in my Bozeman Chronicle days. 
uh, the hook for me to go to Des Moines, not that, you know, that's a non-conference with a non-scholarship team, so it wasn't like some crazy game. But Rob Ash had spent 17 years at Drake, so I went out there for a week to sort of explore the Drake campus and write a feature. This is back in the day when they used to send you... Why old you used to be able to take week-long <laughs> reporting trips halfway across the I country? Know, I know. That was my 2011 year, and I got to do that twice. And then when they cut that whole budget out, I was like, okay, this is the beginning of the end for me. I got I to gotta get out of this because this, uh, this is all I ever wanted to do, and I could already see that it was uh, slipping away. So uh, enough of that, though. Enough of the, my forlorn uh, mentality. Des Moines, Iowa is cool, and way cooler than I expected it to be. Where's the most surprisingly pleasant place you've ever been? Uh, I love Chattanooga, Tennessee. Dude, I love Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, we got in a lot of trouble in Chattanooga, Tennessee back in 2008 when the uh, Grizz lost in the national championship there. Uh, it turns out, and I'll, I'll make this story as brief as possible, just in, in an effort to not incriminate us too heavily, because we were already incriminated while in Chattanooga. <laughs> uh, let's just say people don't imbibe in Chattanooga, Tennessee like they do in Missoula, Montana. So 21-year-old us, me and my friends... Um, we had a lot of fun, and uh, it's, in fact, illegal to be drunk in public, no matter what age you are. Uh, That's the South for you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of my friends was certainly uh, breaking that law resoundingly, and, uh, you know, he had, to, he had to spend a little time with the, the fine uh, law enforcement officials there <laughs> in, uh, in Tennessee. But either way, Chattanooga's great. Chattanooga is, there's the, the did, you, did you go to the aquarium? No, so never when it, been. When the national championship game used to be there, the NCAA usually hosts like little tours of wherever you're, you're at. Sure. I don't know if they still do that in Frisco or what, but they took both the teams to the aquarium because there's a very famous aquarium in Chattanooga. My brother always tells the story because he was playing on the, the 09 Grizz that went to the, the final game that was in Chattanooga, the final national championship game. So, uh, yeah, Chattanooga, very friendly people. Uh, yeah, Chattanooga's cool. Beautiful, nice town. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you think Tennessee, you think Nashville or Memphis, I enjoy Chattanooga just as much as uh, either of those cities. And wow, you wouldn't nice. think so. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you actually really enjoyed Greensboro, North Carolina last year too, right? I did. I would like to have some more time back there because I was pretty busy working, covering, trying to watch as much March Madness yeah. as I could. But yeah, I got to explore a, a, a little bit of it. Like that's the that's like the conundrum when you go to cover those March Madness things. Like when I went to San Diego, I was like, well, I want to explore all around San Diego, but also. I have a press pass to six basketball games. I can so. sit here the entire day. It's like <laughs> yeah. sitting on your couch watching CBS all day on that Thursday, except it's actually in front of it's me. It's right in front of you. It's it's a glorious thing. Um, well, that's fun. Uh, I, I love it. Nuance Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the uh, ESPN MT app. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's do a little blindside. My first question... Uh, when it comes to this rivalry with Montana and Montana State, we we brushed on this a little bit, Andrew, um, for uh, on the Big Sky Breakdown, which I'll drop a little bit later on tonight. But for which of the teams in this, men or women, there's four different teams to choose from here, for which of the four teams is this game and the result of this rivalry game of the utmost importance, the most impactful for the scope of their season and the narrative around their season? I think it comes down to two, and it's not the Montana State women, definitely. I don't think it's, definitely, the, I I don't think it's the Montana uh, men either, although that would not be a great loss if they lost that game. They've won 11 out of their last 12 at Dahlberg in the rivalry. 
Yeah, that would not be a great loss. But on the other hand, you know, I think they'd still potentially be able to, to salvage something out of that. I think, for me, it's the Lady Grizz is the answer to your question. Uh, just because of what the narrative has been in that rivalry, how much Trisha Binford has owned that rivalry, and, you know, how the only inroads that Montana, the Lady Grizz, have been able to make in that rivalry have come at home. You need to hold up. They've got... A little bit of a foothold. Brian Holsinger, I think in his first year, two years ago, was able to run the Montana State out of the gym. If you lose that, if you're no longer winning that game at home, if you're no longer being able to be competitive in that game at home, what does that say about the state of the rivalry? And again, I made this point earlier, but I think the, the talent gap between the Lady Grizz and Montana State's roster this year, I love that Montana State roster. Yep. The Lady Grizz have a ton more talent. And more experienced talent as That's well. That's right. And more everything that you would want to have in a basketball team. I mean, more have, ways to attack you offensively. Yep. They also have the best defensive player on the floor in Danny Barch. Like, it's just, it's a mismatch there. And okay, the first one was in Bozeman. It was sort of a weird game. You you didn't shoot the ball well after the first five minutes. You ended up taking the loss. Okay, all that's fine. You lose this one. What are the questions that start getting asked? And, and there's such an opportunity to ling- for it to linger as well because there's the rivalry and potentially being on the wrong side of the rivalry yet again, that's a distraction. That's a narrative that you have to deal with. But then there's also the narrative where take the Montana State off the front of the jersey. It's just one of the top four teams in the league, and you've done nothing against the top four teams in the league for the Lady Grizz this year. You've pounded all the teams that you're supposed to beat resoundingly. And, I mean, probably your best league win is last Saturday over a Northern Colorado team. It's all the skids. Well, I guess they won at Northern Arizona early uh, in the conference slate. So that's certainly your best win. Since then, your other best win is last Saturday against Northern Colorado. But other than that, all the rest of your wins have come against the bottom half of the league. If you want to contend in the tournament, you got to prove that you can compete against those other top three teams. Montana State just happens to be one of them. Well, the other thing is the seeding at the end of the season is going to be immense. Because I know the Lady Grizz did go and beat Northern Arizona in Flagstaff. Northern Arizona looks like a different team coming off that loss in Flagstaff. It's still their only conference loss, right? So you really don't want to be, even if you're one of the top four teams, you don't want to be on a collision course with Northern Arizona uh, there in the conference tournament. And so, it, you know, again, regardless of the names of the, on the front of the jersey, it's going to be huge for what the conference standings look like at the end of the season. I mean, Montana and Montana State are, are tied right now. No doubt. And more than anything, too, if you're the Lady Grizz, you need to have confidence that you can win against good teams in this league because the fact of the matter is I think that there's going to be two pivotal moments that are going to define the the narrative around the Lady Grizz program as a whole. One comes on Saturday because if you lose it, you got to deal with that for a whole year about getting swept in the rivalry yet again. You win it, okay, that's a huge building block, for better or worse, that you can use in the community, in recruiting, all across the board. Secondly, though, that's going to come to what do they do in their Big Sky Tournament? They have only won one Big Sky Tournament game since it went to a neutral site eight years ago. That's it. One. You have to get out of the first round. At the, I mean, you have to just figure out a way to you at least to win, win a game. one yeah. game. 
The key factor to that is being confident going into that tournament, though. You can't be spiraling. You have to be confident. And any and every good win you can get between now and then will be huge. Yeah, and, I, and you know, it's a, it's a credit and a compliment to what Brian Holsinger has built here in three years at Montana that now those are the moments by which we're measuring this program. That's right. That they've gotten past, okay, is this team going to be a decent Big Sky team? Which was a question when he came in, right? Sure. And even, they did not have a good year last year. Nope. What he's done with this team this year and the roster that he's built, they're definitely, uh, certainly a decent, uh, they're a good Big Sky team. Now these are the only questions remaining. That's a decent place to be in, but you still got to answer those questions. No doubt. No, I was down ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app talking some rivalry hoops. Doubleheader Saturday down at Dahlberg Arena, Montana, hosting Montana State. 2 p.m. for the women's game, 7 p.m. for the men's game. Play a little Cat Grizz blindside here uh, on Nuanas. All right, what do you got for me? Okay, we can do this exercise with each pair of teams, but I really want to know for the Montana State Men. Yes. If the Montana State men could take one player off Montana's roster, who would they pick? Ooh, that's a good one. If the Montana State men could take one player off of Montana's roster, who would they pick? I'm thinking of their strengths as a team. Uh, I mean, they obviously. I mean, they have the best like combo guard in the league right now. And, that's and, why. That's why it's interesting for both these teams right. because I think Robert Ford and Brandon Whitney are the best players on both of these teams. So you right. can't just take the right. best player because right. it's redundant. And, and and Whitney playing next to Ford or Ford playing next to Whitney also is not that good of a combo. Because now you have two six-foot guys that... Right, you'd get attacked so much on defense. Right. I would love to watch it. Oh, for sure. You could run so much extended fast break. Both these guys are getting in the hole. They're probably going to score 40 combined. They're just both six feet tall. I mean, they're both tiny little guards in the big sky. I think the answer for the Cats would be on and Moody. Because they have... The, the Cats have floor spacing. Tyler Patterson's been uh, uh, pretty good to good so far this year. Brian Grackey's been great. Um... Yeah, I think it, I think it's got to be on a Moody because Moody could can play off the ball. He would compliment Robert Forty. He brings the shooting that they want, that spread style that they play. I think that's a good one. Let's keep going on this exercise. I Let's like keep this. going on this. I I got to rebut you there because you run into a little bit of the same problem right on. It's two small guards. Sure. On defense, if you're playing Ford and Moody together, yeah. you can find mismatches there. I really think that the Cats need more rim protection. I think that's the biggest yeah. reason why their defense has not been, you know, they're scoring about 75 points a game. Yep. They're also giving up about 75 points a yep. game. And that's with the best point of attack defender at the point guard position in the league in Robert Ford the third. Yes. What, yeah, does that I mean, lead you, what does that lead you to? It, it leads me to think that there's just a lack of rim protection on that team. And, and you look at it and it's right. Sam Lekalot's leading the Bobcats in blocks this yeah. year. They've got a couple good post scores. Neither of those guys are are they're they're groundbound post scores. No, that's and and that's the issue is that Lekalot's six six and so is Brandon Walker. Like Brandon Walker's a bucket on offense. Right, he's a really good offensive player. I mean, he he played great in the rivalry game the first time around. He dominated Lalu Oke. We'll hear from Oke tomorrow. But he said, "Hey, I asked Oke today when I interviewed him about the matchup. He said I, I got eaten alive last time. I can't do that again. I gotta exert my will." Uh, but Walker's also about 6'6", six, six. Right. and he's by no means a defensive guy. And none of those guys are even deterrents in the post. They're not guys who you're making you take a, a second thought when you're driving to the post. So I think you could take Laulu Oke. I think with Deshaun Thomas being able to protect the yeah. rim this year. And shoot it. He, he gives you the floor spacing, yep. 
and a little bit of rim protection. That's a good one. No, I was down ESPN Radio. Uh, how about on the in the women's game? If you are the lady, if you're the Montana State women, Danny Barsh has got to be the answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's she would. Fit, that's why she's such a. That's why she's such an impactful and important player in the league because she would be the answer for every team in the league. Yeah, and I mean, her on that Montana State team, first of all, really fits their philosophy of yes. just defense and rebounding and making things miserable for you. But just think about the defensive lineup that they would put out with oh. Natalie Picton on the ball, yes. and then behind her you've got Madison Hall, KJ Lamardo, and Danny Barch. Like those are all six one plus huge wingspans <laughs> yeah. and a nose for the ball on defense. Like that would be terrifying. Yes, that's that's exactly right. And then you also throw in a couple, of, you know, Mara Dextra and, and Taylor Jansen. Taylor J- I mean, you, you go six foot across the board, six one across the board, other than Picton. That'd be a yeah, it'd be a devastating. Uh, defensive lineup. If you were to take one person off of Montana State to put on the Lady Grizz, man, that's a tough really, one. That's a really interesting one as well. Whew. Maybe KJ Lamardo. Maybe, yeah. I mean, she can rebound on the wing. Lamardo or Hall M- Mara Dykstra. Just for the Dykstra you- thing would be tough though because. Her and G. Feller both play the post, but they play it so much differently. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough one. I think that you'd have to choose. I mean, the I, thing, I the like thing the Lady Grizz, The thing the Lady Grizz would need is def- defense, right? Yeah, defense on the wing. I think would be the thing that you'd really want to add, and also just experience and toughness. I don't. I don't know. We've talked a ton about the Lady yeah. Grizz. I think Lamardo fits best with them because. Their whole philosophy is everybody's got to be a shooter, and she's the best shooter out of those three that we're kind of discussing for Montana State, right? Like, she would certainly be able to thrive as a spot-up shooter there, and she'd bring, you know, similar length to Danny Barch on the defensive end. But I I don't know. That one's tough. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I got my stat about the Grizz men winning 11 out of their last 12 against the Cats in Dahlberg Arena from an Instagram post that the, the Grizz put up. And they had pictures of a bunch of the guys from from uh, yesteryear, and not even that far back yesteryear, right? It's just the Will Cherries and Cream Jamars of the world. They were playing, you know, within the last eight or ten years. And I was looking at the post, and I was looking at, like, all the old Grizz jerseys, and I couldn't help but chuckle and this is this is what happens as you get older and time passes. You know, our parents didn't think they looked funny wearing all their bell bottoms and their hippie clothes in the '60s and '70s. But now you look back and you're like, well, that was those clothes are just ridiculous. Those people look like they're in costumes. I'm looking at these guys in their basketball jerseys. I can't believe this was ever a thing. Now, men's and women's basketball players wear adequate sized shorts that don't get in the way of dribbling and all these other things. Like, these guys are wearing just gigantic shorts. I can't believe that was ever a thing. That it, Not even from a style perspective. I'm not even bagging on the style. From a functionality perspective, it just seems so dumb to look back on. I am never going to hate on the baggy shorts because that's my generation. Oh, I know. And yours too, frankly. For sure, 100%. I'll never stop wearing baggy shorts when I play basketball either, but you're right, right? Like, the extremes in either direction is just wild. I mean, if you want to wear your baggy shorts when you're going to go play on the asphalt at the park in the summer, because that's what's cool, 
fine. But that's right? the way you want to feel when you're also playing. I agree. And I, you know, I used to always ball in my double XL Jordan shorts or whatever. But now when you see it now and how sleek and nice the jerseys are, you're just like, what what was happening? It just seems from a functionality and like aerodynamic perspective that it was a lot that, that what what the jerseys look like now is just way more beneficial to the athleticism within the game. Yeah, it's sort of wild that basketball took like what, 70 years to just arrive at the <laughs> equilibrium here, going from, like, the Bob Cousy short shorts <laughs> right. for years to the Jalen Rose shorts that take up enough material to make a whole wedding dress out of. Right, right, right. So now they're wearing jerseys and shorts that just fit. Yes. Like, it seems like it took a little bit too long to get to that point just in the history of basketball. It's for sure. It's it's so funny. There was a moment in time before the, the new normal shorts came in where wearing your shorts shorter and or rolling your shorts also became like this intimidation thing. Southern Utah did this. Harrison Butler and... I knew and, he was going to come and, up. And John Knight. They, these guys were triple rolling the shorts and hiking them up so that people would talk about them. And it was like the funniest thing going. Southern Utah would just roll into all these random Big Sky stadiums and they just look like an ACC team because they're just stacked with all these transfer athletes. And then Butler would have looked like he stuck his finger in a white socket. He's got like the <laughs> Albert Einstein hair, hasn't combed it in forever. And then he's just this crazy athlete that would just go so hard, couldn't shoot it worth a lick, was still just like a double-double in a can. Like, it, amazing. I, it's so funny. Brooks and I talked about this on a podcast once upon a time on Skyline Sports. When Southern Utah first decided we were gonna, they were going to leave the Big Sky Conference, everybody in the league was like, thank goodness, we hate going to Cedar City. It's a pain in the butt to get there. What's going on? We're glad they're gone. They don't fit the league, whatever. I so, so desperately miss Southern Utah in men's basketball. Man, they were just so entertaining. Yeah, we didn't have to deal with any of the, like, cons. No, we didn't ever we, have to go there. We never had to go to Cedar yeah. City, and also we never had to play all of those sick athletes that they had. <laughs> like, never had to play or game plan for yes. them. Uh, we just had to sit back and enjoy it, so... We got to write a feature someday about how Southern Utah was the, like when the neutral site tournament first happened in the Big Sky Conference, there was all these pros and all these cons. But Southern Utah's men literally wrecked the bracket like four years in a row because they would just not care during the regular season or they would just be, you know, not have any sort of chemistry. And then they would just figure it out like two weeks before the tournament and they would just roll and they would go and just make the semifinals or the finals. Year after year, it was just, it was unbelievable to watch. Yeah, you know, just thinking about this, you could write like practically a biography on Todd Simon. <laughs> right. Like that would be a fascinating project, actually, whether it was actually like a book length thing or just like a whole bunch of features about like his life and how he interacted and intersected with the changes that have happened to basketball. In the last twenty years, <laughs> it would be it would be fascinating. So, as now ESPN Radio. Okay, last thing for you here uh, on this Cat Grizz conversation with the rivalry doubleheader coming up on uh, on Saturday. Before I pass the show off to these guys, although you'll hear me plenty on the show uh, down the stretch here. Carmen G. Feller, uh, Lady Grizz senior, coming up here about ten minutes. Also going to hear from Carolyn, she doesn't know sports, as well as Easton Sant uh, from Missoula Hellgate. All right, let's just talk quickly. We'll go ladies' game first, guys' game second. The key factor, I know we already did this on the Big Sky Breakdown, but these, the key factor 
in the Lakers game, uh, what's going to be the determining factor? Do you think it's the home court, protecting the home court? I think it's the home court and what the home court has the potential to do for the Lady Grizz, right? They're a team that, first off, they are so rooted in momentum, right? That's what yes. happens when you get a, sh- a streaky shooting team. I mean, any any shooting team, right? Shooting is streaky. Yes. When you're feeling it, basket looks as big as, you know, a hula hoop, right? Yep. When you're not, looks as small as a Cheerio. So can they keep that momentum at home? What's the crowd going to be like? Can they ride that wave? And then also the other side of it is Montana State has a freshman point guard. She's That's been right. really good this year. She's been surviving. I've seen that crowd rattle Darian White. For Natalie sure. Picton, she's a great player. She's a great prospect. She's not Darian White. I mean, if at any point in the game she's looking shell-shocked, yep. Montana State's not winning that game because also – what does Brian Holsinger do? Is he going to try to press? Yes. Right. What's that going to look like? Is he going to put Danny Bartsch on the inbounder? They've got a, a ton of different options there to sort of turn up the heat on Montana State. Bobcats have to be able to handle it. No doubt. And for Montana to be able to exert and play off of that advantage, they have to show up and be ready for a street fight. they got to be ready to engage toughness-wise with Montana State. If they can... I think they absolutely could overwhelm the Cats and ride the momentum. If they can't, we could just see the repeat of the same movie we've seen uh, many, many times over the last handful uh, of years. On the men's side, I think that the key is, for, for the Cats, I think it's to answer the bell. Last time they were playing with House Money, Matt Logie's first um, rivalry game. Now that narrative's uh, no longer in play, although it is his first time playing in Missoula. As the head coach of Montana State, he's played Missoula before as the head coach of Whitworth. But uh, can Montana State uh, figure out a way to muddy it up a little bit? And for the Grizz, if they shoot it like they did last time or if they shoot it like they did in some of their best performances, they're going to be tough to beat. But can they figure out a way to win if they don't shoot it like that? That's what this comes down to to me in the men's game. Well, that's a big one, right? It's who's going to be able to get stops in the second half because the answer last game was nobody, right. and Montana just shot it a little bit better down the stretch and, and pulled away and got some contributions from some unexpected players. For me, I'm, I'm looking at this Montana State roster and wondering who's going to step up. Who does this rivalry mean the most to? Sure. Brian Garaki's completely new to the league. He's not right. from anywhere right. around they here. They all are. Robert Ford has has been in the league, yep. right? But he's not he's not really a big sky guy. He hasn't been in this rivalry yes. for any amount of time at all. Brandon Walker, same deal. Eddie Turner, same deal. Yep. Who does it who does it mean something to? I know that there are guys on the Grizz side, Brandon Whitney, Josh Vasquez. Yep. Anand Moody, even, even no though he's only been here for a year. No doubt. That this game absolutely means something, too. Is it going to be the same for the Cats? Can Matt Logie in his first year, what does this rivalry mean to him, and can he get that message across to his team? No doubt. No doubt. Now, ESPN Radio, we'll keep on talking rivalry weekend. Right after this, Carmen G. Filler, Colfax, Washington, to now a sixth-year senior for the Lady Grizz and uh, rapidly rising amongst the all-time leading scorers in Montana women's basketball history. So join us next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio.
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Back here, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio Missoula, the ESPN MT app, as well as SWX Montana TV. Jeff Safford here with you back in studio. Coulter Nuanas rolling from the live stuff here, but we'll still hear plenty of Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas Now. Andrew Houghton and Coulter just got done rapping about the Big Sky Conference, the matchup coming Saturday night inside of Dahlberg Arena. Bobcat Grizzly basketball on the men's and women's side of things. As Coulter alluded to, I'm excited to check out Dahlberg Arena tonight for some high school hoops. First time myself experiencing the Golden Goats. I've been so busy the last couple of years, whether this time of year, whether being the end of the hockey season, Grizz Hockey just concluded. We'll visit with Mike Anderson next week to get some final thoughts on the Montana hockey season. And then Montana lacrosse, also coming right into it. By the way, Grizz Lacks starts next weekend. Pair of games, St. Thomas, the mighty St. Thomas Tommies and MCLA Lacrosse, ranked in the top three nationally. Grizzlies will be playing against them. And Minnesota Duluth in a neutral site contest next weekend. We'll have all the action for you on the ESPN MT app. But with the Golden Goat games kind of calling, kind of falling in between the two this season, got getting a chance to check out some high school hoops. So that'll be fun. And also looking forward to the High school state tournaments coming to the city of Missoula as well. Myself getting started in sports casting really a lot of ways began here in the state of Montana with high school basketball. It was a bit nostalgic thinking about district tournaments starting in Class B and Class C. One of the first things I covered at length in Montana high school sports in general was the District 9C basketball tournament. Shout out Haver High School once again hosting that District 9C district tournament this weekend. Moving on to divisionals and the state tournament. So high school hoops rolling towards state, rolling here across this treasure state of Montana. But coming now as we roll, continuing our brawl of the wild on in the hardwood coverage, we will now visit with Colter Nuanez will visit. We recorded this earlier this week with a star with the Montana Lady Grizz basketball teams. There have been some comings and goings from the Lady Grizz over the last couple of years. Sophia Styles transferring out comes to mind, but one player that has stuck it out, as Coulter alluded to in her sixth season with the Montana Lady Grizz, Coulter Nuanez with Carmen G. Feller. 
Well, big rivalry game in Montana on Saturday. Actually, two of them, a 2 p.m. and a 7 p.m. Bobcats coming to town to take on the Lady Grizz and the Grizzlies, respectively. We're joined now by one of the seniors of the Lady Grizz, Carmen G. Feller. Carmen, thanks for joining us. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. First of all, let's talk about last weekend. Uh, tough one against NAU, but you bounced back in a big way against Northern Colorado. So what was the biggest difference? How are you guys able to sort of bounce back and have a nice win on Saturday? I think our team uh, this year has just done a really nice job of learning all that we can from our losses and then making those adjustments for the next game. And so I really like how we just came out with a lot of intensity, um, a better focus, and just um, oh, there was just a lot of growth from Thursday to Saturday. And so I think we've done a really nice job of that all year. When it's going well offensively, what is going well? Because, I mean, sometimes you guys are putting up some crazy point totals. <laughs> that's uh, that's for sure. Um, I think a lot of it has just been understanding that in order for our team to be productive offensively, we have to push our tempo. Um, and so that's been a big point of emphasis as of late, and, um, something that we've responded to really well. You guys can spread the floor so well as well. I know that's been a strength of this team for the last couple years, but now, I mean, with Danny Bart shooting the three like she is and, you know, the addition of Maggie Espinbiller-McGraw, who's just a knockdown shooter, how much of, his, of that is just a huge emphasis to your guys' is it, and how important is it just the way you guys can shoot the ball? Yeah, I mean, it. it I, obviously from our point totals, you can see that it really helps us on the offensive end. Um, it's really comforting as a post player personally to have shooters all over the floor um and so i think with our offense it's like it would be hard to scout us because you have to guard every single person on the floor at all times there's not really anybody on our team that you can think oh we can sag off on them and we don't have to guard them it's just everybody's a threat and so it makes us that much more challenging yeah no doubt Carmen g fellow joining us here on nuan is now espn radio she's a senior for the lady grizz they host montana state on saturday you're through the first round here of league play i guess i've seen a couple teams twice even but now that you've seen everybody what do you think of the big sky so far this year you know i what i love about this conference is how competitive it is from top to bottom and i think you can have anybody show up on any given night and team at the bottom of the conference can give the team at the top a run for their money and so I just love how competitive it is and I think every team has grown leaps and bounds from the beginning of the year compared to now. There's a there's some familiar faces when you see the other teams in the league but also a lot of new faces as well you're one of the familiar faces for the Lady Grizz so I mean what's that part been like because I mean there's a lot of gals that maybe went elsewhere but you decided to stay so what's it been like sort of uh, seeing the, the turnover in the league? Yeah, it's really interesting. And then, I mean, to be fair, six years is a long time to spend anywhere. <laughs> right. um, I've seen complete roster turnovers. I've seen complete coaching staff turnovers. I like this conference. I'm comfortable with it. Um, but I'm I'm grateful for my time here. And I, uh, I appreciate the Big Sky Conference and the growth that it's had in the time that I've been here. Yeah, well, it's uh, certainly now into the, the stretch run. I think four weekends of games left before... Uh, we get to Boise and a big one on Saturday. So uh, I guess, first of all, when it comes to the Cats, what do you take away from the first matchup? Um, what will you use maybe as motivation and or, you know, just uh, sort of wisdom going into this one on Saturday? Yeah, uh, this game has so much hype and excitement every year. And I always try and tell the underclassmen, you know, like, yes, there's a lot of, you know, rivalry, a lot of tension, a lot of emotions going into it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just basketball and um I want to remind each other not to get so caught up in in the emotions of it because uh, that's easy to do. But um, I think both teams have grown a lot since we played each other first. And so it'll be interesting to see what adjustments they make, what adjustments we make, and what the final outcome is 
of this game. Having to be in Missoula, I mean, is that a, a distinct difference or just a little bit of a difference? I mean, I <laughs> I would take playing in Dalberg Arena over any other place <laughs> in the conference, any, any night of the week. Um, I love how passionate and uh, just excited our fan base is, and so... They take care of a lot of the emotional aspect for us, um, but it is definitely a comforting feeling. But it, there's nothing like, a, you know, just the rivalry and everything that that comes with it from our home crowd. Kermit G. Filler joining us here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Our previewing of the Cacres rivalry games coming up on Saturday in Missoula continues. Montana State in town for a doubleheader, 2 p.m. for the women's game, and then 7 p.m. for the men's game. When it comes to Montana State, they've gotten it done defensively. I mean, when they, when they are uh, winning, that's that's what they're doing. They're guarding. They're holding the teams to low point totals. So um, what about Montana State's defense, defense makes them challenging? I think just their, their mismatch, their size, is definitely a big advantage for them. Um, they have a lot of really long, tall, athletic forward wing players um and they switch and so it's it creates some interesting matchups matchups that we have to exploit and take advantage of but i think that is definitely one of the bigger factors in their defensive plan they have some youth in this as well but the, some of their young players that uh, rose to the occasion so uh, what do you think of that dynamic of the game you guys same sort of deal yeah, I, I will say, like, our team, though we maybe not have been playing together longest, the longest, we definitely have some more veteran players on our team. Um, credit to Montana State, they've had to grow up really fast, and they've been thrown into some interesting situations just with, like, the injuries and stuff that they've had on their teams. But um, they've grown up really fast, they've played well together, but um, that'll serve them well in the long run with if they all stick together and so uh though we do have some veteran players on our team i think it's just we really need to take advantage of that and use our knowledge of the game to to our advantage always the rivalry is the thing that overshadows everything else but this is just a big time big sky conference game in terms of the standings both these teams Mm -hmm. uh sitting at eight and four tied in third place so um what do you think of the opportunity here just in terms of uh getting a little bit of uh breathing room here in the standings as boise's just around the corner yeah, it's a really exciting opportunity, and I think any any person who's competing at the college level, you know, we live for games like this. We love rising to the opportunity, the competitive nature of it all. Um, so, yeah, definitely a defining game for everybody playing, and so uh, may the best team win, and I'm excited for it. And just in terms of this last month, uh, goals for the Lady Grizz. I know you guys are always chasing Big Sky Conference titles, so how do you get there? What are the uh, the main objectives here this last month before the tournament? Yeah, always chasing the Big Sky Conference uh, a title there. But I think, you know, we still want to continue to learn and continue to grow. We don't want to be tapering off right now. Um, we've had continued to uh, have intense practices, conditioning, stuff like that. And so we're not looking to slow down and ease our way into things. We're just um, going to keep putting our foot to the pedal and, and go out on top. Herman G. Filler here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. They host Montana State, the Lady Grizz do, on Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m., Dahlberg Arena. Uh, last thing for you, then, uh, keys in, in this one. I mean, what do you think will be the keys if you guys are to come out with a win? Yeah, offensively, I think it'll just be to keep pushing our transition, um, run the ball down the floor as quick as we can, and then knocking down some big shots will be really important for us, taking advantage of mismatches. Defensively, um, they're pretty active and they like to use their size advantage and so just understanding personnel will be really important for us and uh, just taking away tendencies. Well, it should be a fun afternoon, uh, a weekend we look forward to every year and uh, thanks so much for taking some time to talk about it. 
For sure. Thank you. Coulter Nuanas there with Carmen G. Feller, one of the stars of the Montana Lady Grizz basketball team in action against Montana State this weekend, as are the men for the Montana Grizzlies and the Bobcats. 7 o'clock tip for the men. Just heard when the ladies will tip off at the end of that bit. 2 o'clock for the Lady Grizz. Come Saturday, Shirley will have a full breakdown of those games on the Montana Basketball Hour come next Monday right here on Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. In terms of the end of hour number one, Coulter Nuanas kind of teased it earlier this week, talking about our producer Andrew Houghton and a fantastic podcast that he recently completed on the 30th anniversary of the formation of the Montana Women's Soccer Program. We are going to hear a snippet of that podcast coming for you next. Looking back at Trailblazers for the Montana Grizzly Women's Soccer Program. A look at that podcast next on Nuanez Now, ESPN Missoula. Television. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Radio. You're getting the triple threat today. You saw Colter Nuana is in studio to lead off the show. You saw Jeff Safford in studio to intro our last segment with Carmen G. Feller. Now you got me, Andrew Houghton, riding with you here on a snowy Thursday. Hope if you're listening to this during drive time, hope you get home safe. Uh, it looks pretty nasty out there outside the windows of the Missoula Broadcasting Company studios here on the north side of the Garden City. Happy to be with you here on 102.9 ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana and the ESPN MT app. Big thanks to Jeff for setting up this bit in the last segment. Really, uh, really happy and, and, and proud of this one, uh, a podcast that I've been working on for several months, Trailblazers, the story of the 1994 Montana women's soccer team which uh, essentially started the Montana women's soccer team. It was the first team in school history. They started a program from nothing, and that program has gone on to be one of the most successful programs now at the University of Montana. So with their 30th anniversary now this year, 2024, their head coach Betsy Dirksen was inducted into the Montana Athletics Hall of Fame last year. I went ahead and did a project on that team, the first team in Montana Grizzlies soccer history. It's called Trailblazers. You can find all three episodes out now on uh, all of your favorite podcast platforms. This is something different. If you listen to my Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast, it's usually me with one other guest in the studio just talking back and forth, having an interview for Trailblazers. I talked with you know, probably about 20 people who were around back then, players, coaches, administrators, uh, and sort of did a more narrative-based podcast. So go check that out now. And we've got uh, an exclusive excerpt of Trailblazers, the last episode, which just released yesterday on all of your favorite podcast platforms. First two uh, episodes sort of dealt with building up to that season and then that 1994 season. Last episode, a little bit more abstract. It looks at the legacy of that team, both on the Montana Grizzlies soccer program as well as on the lives of its players. So we're going to get a little bit of that in this about five-minute excerpt. First current Montana Grizzlies head coach, Chris Chitovitsky, talking about the impact that that first team had on what he's been able to accomplish now at Montana. And then a couple of the players from that team 
talking about the impact that that program and that team had on their lives. Uh, Jeff, can we can we get that bit? Chris Chitovitsky went on to replace Placoris and has been Montana's coach for the past six seasons. During that time, the Grizzlies have won six Big Sky championships between the regular season and the conference tournament and made it to the NCAA tournament three times. Something had to light the fire. So you can play that song in the background. We had, to, you know, so they they lit the fire. They got it going. And ever since I got here, I studied during the interview process, Robin Selvig, and I studied everything that Betsy built. And that's what allowed me to dream big here is if Robin can win at those levels and Betsy could do it at those levels, I'm going to just start spewing out how much we're going to win here because it's doable. They've done it. I'm doing it. And so that's what allowed me to want to push as hard as I did for this job. I can win at the highest possible levels because they did it. So remarkable what they pulled off early on. And it's because of them that it allows me to do what I want to do. You're standing on what they did back then. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Yes. I'd never want that to get lost. They're just inspirational group of people. And to build it from the ground up, to build the field. Stories are that they had to like pick rocks out of that space, right? And lay out the turf themselves because they don't want to pay to have a company come in to do it. So everything that we have comes down to those groups. For the coaches who came after Dirksen, the Trailblazers represented a standard to uphold. For the women of the 1994 Montana soccer team, the players who created that standard, the triumphs of that first group represent something more. Courtney Matheson, the forward from Redmond, Washington, who was overlooked by her dream school, Washington State, still holds the program records for career goals and assists. I think by the time we had gone through this season and had just a more realistic idea of, of what it meant to compete at that level, we were, we were happy. We were okay with seven and eight from which to build on. And then again, having all those freshmen play so many minutes of so many games, we just developed really quickly. And so... Then it got a lot more fun the next three seasons. Mainly I was fast, and I, and I was pretty accurate with a shot, but not like a smart tactical player that could break down defenses or figure that kind of stuff out. I tell my kids I was more just like a dumb horse. I could just run a lot and fast, and so ultimately I moved to the outside mid position, and that was just a way better fit. And Karen Hardy had come on by then, and she was playing outside mid, and Betsy realized mid-game once, like, oh, those two should switch and it was it was a great fit for both of us it was like such a great experience from betsy to julie to we had two different erics helping out with our goalkeepers chief Fong was one of our assistant coaches like i just always felt in such good hands and i literally love my teammates and that's not to say there wasn't the conflict and the drama but i i think it was you know, what, what you would expect from having so many young women put together in that situation. I just have a lot of love for that team, and I think Betsy is, is to credit for that. Megan Bartonetti, a forward originally from Seattle, followed Dirksen from Seattle University and was one of just two upperclassmen on the 1994 team. I think that the memories that stick out is just how funny everybody was and how silly we were and how much we actually really did get along with each other. I mean, sure, there were times when we didn't probably, you know, always get along, but for the most part, like, it's those memories of of traveling and hanging out and just the jokes. I think that the players that you've already interviewed, I mean, they're just hilarious. It's those inside jokes. And, you know, I don't know if any of us realized that we were starting a program and how amazing all of that was at the time, but like just to be a part of it was something that I think about and I cherish all the time. It was exciting, you know, it was a true college campus and just the excitement of games and 
fans starting to like realize that, you know, we had a women's soccer program on campus and how exciting it was just to be building, being a part of that program and building it. By the end, you know, when we were at the new field and like the amount of fans that would come and, you know, we'd have posters and people would ask us for our autographs. And, you know, I never had that at CWU. It was just such a great environment and, you know, proud to be a part of it. And I enjoyed my time for sure. Glad I did it. You know, people sometimes like, do you ever regret transferring? And, you know, there's little things that, you know, maybe I would have regret, but for the most part, no. My teammates are who I still am connected to till this day. And we celebrate together different milestones in our life and just a great group of women who have been a tremendous support group for, for me, for sure. Looking back, it's definitely something that I'm proud of. And I always think about the things that I've done in my life. And I always say the top three things that I've done is got married, had kids and played college soccer. (laughs) I also coach. And when I talk to my players and I'm like, you know, I talk about just the relationships that were built during those years and how valuable they were then and how valuable they are now. You know, we didn't always get along all the time, but at the end of the day, we always had each other's back. When your teammates, you know, it's teammates for life. And I think that back then I didn't realize like how special all of this really would be later down the road. There you go. We'll look at episode three in the three-part podcast series, Trailblazers. It's out now on all platforms. Uh, if that interests you, the story of Betsy Dirksen and the 1994 Montana women's soccer team, the first in school history, go and check it out. Our one in the books, our two coming at you. We got plenty coming up for you after the break as well as we move into the second hour of today's Nuanas Now. We're going to get it kicked off with the chick who doesn't know sports. We'll see if she got herself and Coulter Nuanas canceled this week. We'll also hear from Easton Sant, the point guard of the Roland, steamrolling Hellgate Boys basketball team. Hellgate Boys going up for the Golden Goat against Sentinel tonight. Colter Nuanez has caught up with Hellgate point guard Easton Sant, and then we'll bring Jeff Safford in for the final segment, do a little bit more in-depth preview of the Golden Goat. Jeff's heading over there to Dahlberg Arena tonight to take in that one-of-a-kind experience All that and more coming up for you after the break. You're listening to Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 